was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're going to be talking about that there is a tool that is better than ChatGPT. What is it and why is Kanye West, a.k.a. Uh, Yay, is he back with Adidas? What are we doing? What are we talking about? Are you need? Do you have a need for rebrand or are you just evolving? What it takes to become a full time content creator and are blueprints selling the blueprint, that thing like that? Is it a fraud? Is it fake? Does it even exist? Mm. Moose, how we feel about this episode? Yeah, I'm gonna have to stick around for that final clip, man. That's uh, that's yeah, that's that's an important topic. We need to talk about that. We need to wait, talk about that. Wait, wait, why we need to talk about? Hold up, no, no, I'm confused. Just, that's good. Is, is, stick is, stick is, around, stick around, and you shall see. People, people. <laughs> I, now I don't even know what we're doing. I'm I'm just so confused. But let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, you already know this is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that not only allows you to stream on all the platforms like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it, it can do it. But it's also amazing for pre-recorded videos such as this podcast. So it does video isolation, audio isolation, transitions, text, you name it, it does it. And we give away 14 days for free on us if you go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash ecamm, that's E-C-A-M-M, so you can get that 14-day trials on us. Moose, how are we feeling? I am feeling pretty good, refreshed. Just got back from Florida yesterday. Was uh, out here or out there for a week with the in-laws and all that good stuff. Got to visit one of my good friends. So, uh, yeah, I'm telling man, things are good, you know. I'm excited for a solid week and uh, another episode. 140. Did you mention 140? I don't think. No, I didn't. We said we were going to say it on the after show, but, yeah. I don't know that we said people. it officially. 10 more to 150. Yay! So I look at it. 10 Big more to 150. That's Big a lot energy. of episodes. Yeah. That's a lot I, of episodes. How do you feel about that? That's a that's 140 hours that we talked. Like, that's... Minimum. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit more Probably. than that, because some, some Probably, went, yeah, yeah, some went like over, over an hour. You know I mean? Not counting the after show, uh, and not counting the lives. You know what I'm saying? No, we, we consistent were, content. We're talking a lot. We talked, we talked a lot. We, we talk a lot. We actually talk a lot. This is a yeah, lot of talk talking. Lot. Yeah, it's a lot of talking. <laughs> All right. Well, Moose talks a lot. And he just realized that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if you think, so if you don't think Moose is talkative, just listen to this podcast. Add up the hours. Mm -hmm. Moose is low key talkative. 
Shout out to Boost. <laughs> I already know I talk a lot. I'm the, that's not a question. I already know I talk a lot. For me, um, I'm feeling good. Uh, low key, I have been doing this like consistent walk and push up situation. I won't do anything else. I just want to walk, doing push ups. In that, mm. I've lost 10 pounds. Get out. Quality. I'm just since, saying. Uh, it's what, since it's, Mexico? Since you've been back since from... Since like a week or two before Mexico. Damn, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah. really good, actually. That's what's up. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good vibe. It's a good feeling. I'm just... it's. I don't want to do crazy workouts because I'm not going to be consistent with that. I don't want, I don't mm. want to do all that. Walk, push-ups. I've been yeah. very consistent with that. Three, four miles. No eating grass. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not eating, eating grass. grass. I'm eating everything I still want to eat. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, that's your I, saying though. I'm just saying what. Yeah, I, I like. No, I like your saying. It's like, yo, she I don't, eats grass. I don't. I don't eat grass. No, 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 yeah. no. I have low key. I have cut down on my carbs and sweets a bit. I have. I will say that mm. I'm saying no to desserts a lot more. Says mm. yes. Yeah, so when when we hang out in real life, I'm, I I can't rock with you as much as I. I'm gonna do to. a solo dessert run. Wow, that's gonna be tough. It. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. You feel less no. guilty when you know the people you with go on the dessert yeah, run no, with you. I You're can't. like, oh, all right, we gonna all be fat. This is great. You no, know, well, but then you see, stick out okay. as the only no, no, fat no, 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 person. No. Then it's uh, hold on. <laughs> what Moose doesn't really tell you guys is that he eats five course meal before this dessert okay <laughs> so oh, the, we've made it we've made true. it clear on this podcast before when you hear you hungry that means <laughs> yeah, he's I hungry those times holy right? moly yeah he's That's hungry real. and so yeah. normally we would go and eat a whole bunch of food and then next you want some dessert what okay right because i'm I'm, I ain't no punk. This is where the <laughs> I, I, I'm. I'm gonna have a dessert too. Why not? Um, yeah, yeah. And he, it, it, I can't do it. I can't do it with Moose. I can't do it. It's, it got to be one or the other. It, it can't be yeah. meal and dessert. Five courses and a dessert. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. It can't be that. Okay, it, it be dessert, and I gotta be okay with the dessert, or it be meal and know that like I can't have both with him no more. So that's the because I'm not that disciplined. I'm not that disciplined. It's good. <laughs> It's good to know people. I'm, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change my uh, my call. My call. But that is true. Though. I do remember those times. It's always like, "Hey, you guys hungry? You hungry? Yeah. You, 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 like, you want something? Yeah. Huh? Did y'all eat? <laughs> y- yes, we ate. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, we we actually I love when ate eventually five they minutes caught before. On to it, though. They were like, "Are y'all yeah, not hungry still?" Yeah. No. When you when you and Nick caught on to it, it's like, "Okay, Moose, I know you're hungry. Let's go eat. Sure, mm-hmm. come on." It's like, mm-hmm. "Yes, let's go." Let's go. It was like midnight. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into this episode. Okay, first and foremost, this is the What's Poppin' section. And of course, this is sponsored by nothing else than Deeper Than The Brand. The number one content branding community that shows you how to confidently and authentically build a brand 
grow a social media pro- uh, presence, and build digital wealth. Go to deeperthanthebrand.com for more information. Now, you know, I've been on this AI whirlwind and I've been messing with so many different tools. And of course, one of my favorites, the goat of everything is ChatGPT. But I think I found something that will beat ChatGPT in a certain area. Now for my content creators or business owners who need to be content creators, we need to find a reliable video script, right? Something that can help us write our videos out. Everything from titles to descriptions to the video script, we need help with that. And ChatGPT doesn't necessarily do that well from a detail standpoint. I found a tool that can do it all for you. Now, granted, it is now targeted to for YouTubers. But I do believe if you get this tool, this could be used for multiple ranges of videos on different platforms. It's called vidIQ. You've probably heard us talk about it before with the AI coach, but now they have an AI content generator for YouTube. And it's pretty, pretty dope. I ain't gonna lie. It looks very simple. And all you have to do is describe what kind of video that you want. And I'm gonna put in how to monetize your podcast in one year, right? And what it's going to do is generate the title, give you a video description, give you all the keywords, thumbnail backgrounds, which ChatGPT will not do, right? The video script in itself, and then it's also going to produce a voiceover. So for those people who aren't keen on Okay, Nikki. Okay, Moose. I know I got to do videos, but I'm not a fan of being in front of the camera. You can actually download the voiceover part, which is pretty dope, and create a video just from the voiceover. Find some B-roll, some pictures, some uh, visuals that support the actual words that are being said, and and you can have a video in a matter of minutes. I think this tool is amazing. And as we are starting to see how people are building off of ChatGPT to uh, in a more niche way, I think we're going to find a tool, especially in our creative journey for everything that we need. So this is on vidIQ. And if you want to try out this tool, just go to vidIQ.com slash Nikki and Moose and you could try it out. When I say this thing is a game changer, I'm talking about game changer because I love it. I've been using it and we're going to see what these these results are looking like. So Moose, what you think about that? That's dope, man. That's dope. I mean, I'm looking at so many different things continuing to pop up in AI. I was just reading a a thread on Twitter of just in the last week, the top 10 breakouts in AI, mm-hmm. everything from gaming to medicine, just everything. So it's uh, I'm not gonna lie, low key, I'm not gonna give too much energy to this uh, thought or feeling. I'm getting a little, a little worrisome, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my energy there because I've been, I've been, 
you, you know how the algorithms work. The minute you start watching one thing about how AI will be destructive, oh, and then okay. <laughs> low key, it's just boom, 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 boom. And you're like, oh, shoot. So, yeah, I'm not even going to give no energy to it, but no, uh, super cool, man. Super cool. Like but uh, switching gears into the business world, um, of course, you know, you mentioned it last week on the podcast when you said, we haven't talked about this person in a while. And then as I was preparing this time, I was like, man, she's right. We really haven't talked about Yay in a minute. And so sure enough, the time that you're watching this is probably, or the time that you're listening to this or watching this, it's been a couple of days since Adidas was selling the leftover merchandise of the Yeezy product. So for those of you who may or may not know, Adidas had well over $1.3 billion of unsold Yeezy merchandise at the time of their split or at the time of their, call it misunderstanding or whatever it was. And so just recently Adidas said that they're going to start getting rid of this uh, merchandise and they're actually going to take some of the money that comes from it and they're going to donate it to some of the organizations that were offended by Ye's actions. But here's an interesting stat. In the first run, they sold $170 million in Yeezy leftover product. Mm. So it's crazy to think, because honestly, one of the thoughts that I had, and I don't know how you feel about this, but one of the thoughts I had was, Yo, are people going to still buy the Yeezy merch, especially now that we know the Adidas Yeezy partnership is no longer a thing? And if there were any doubt, uh, 170 million should probably do away with a good amount of that doubt. Now, look, there's still a good amount of inventory still left. left. You're still talking about, I don't know, somewhere north of 1.1 billion, if that number is accurate. But here is the lesson in all of this, right? Of course, it's good trending news for us to take note of, but here's the lesson. Like, what can we learn from this? Quite honestly, I was thinking about this and I said, man, a lot of us are, and, and we believe in this as well. We always encourage people to collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. But this is a good reminder for us to also sometimes collaborate with caution, right? Mm -hmm. um, the Yeezy brand exploded in sales and it became, it grew to 10% of Adidas's annual sales. So when you have a giant global company like Adidas, and you start collaborating with one creator, one creator who then starts to grow and take over or pretty much provide 10% of the entire company's revenue, you should start taking some things into consideration around, hey, how much risk are we exposing ourselves to right now? If this one person who I collaborated and I'm supposed to be helping them uh, really grow, they're almost outpacing our growth. <laughs> they're on track to take us over. And so you might want to, uh, you know, just assess your risk from time to time when you're collaborating with people and go back and revisit some of those terms. So they did say that Yeezy is uh, supposed to take 15% of whichever product is sold. So I think He's due about an extra $25 million there. So, you know, some uh, some interesting news nonetheless. But lesson for us as creative entrepreneurs, sometimes you got to collaborate with caution. I think that's smart what they did because I think the original thought was them taking the Yeezy logo off and still selling the merchandise. 
and I don't think that was going to work out very well. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, for those people who caught the restock, uh, congratulations. I didn't, but for those who did, because I totally forgot. I totally forgot. It was like on the 31st. Totally forgot about it. Oh, but mm-hmm. it's all good. Uh, but let's get into the creator of the week. And this week is Corey B. I don't know if you've been seeing this man's uh, videos, but uh, with over 10 million followers on TikTok, over 1 million on Instagram, his videos is the formula of repurpose and entertainment. I'm going to let you guys listen and hear and see what I'm talking about. Uh, But his videos don't hit nothing less than a million each. So we we, we gotta highlight this guy. Begin in a blender, add two loaves of bread. Four cups of milk, three eggs, three cups of condensed huh? milk. Tell me where you're watching us from so I can thank you Probably for following our recipes. Probably the cardiac unit at the hospital with all that condensed milk. Pour the mixture from the blender, put in a pan, add water, cover, and let cook for 10 minutes. This is the secret of the baker. This is the secret of the undertaker. Eat this and you will, d- I mean, that does look good though. If you're going to get it wet, use a baguette. She said four cups of milk, which is this whole thing. Welcome back to gluten gone wrong. Three baby chickens. I'm trying to follow the rules, but I don't know if the rules are going to work right now. Oh, hey, that's one way to cut the carbs. She said to put some syrup in the bottom of the pan. If this ain't high blood sugar, I don't know what is. Okay. Ah, dang. Let the water boil. I don't know what I'm doing. I shouldn't own a kitchen. Boy, this thing sounds like Dexter's laboratory. She said, put this puppy in the fridge for three hours. Your boy just made a broke man's bread pudding. That's a dang frugal flan. Bread in a blender should not taste this amazing. I want this as a birthday cake. (laughs) So... What I love about Corey is is that he will find some of the most trending, off-the-wall food uh, recipes, food tricks, and he will try it himself, put his own commentary into it, but he already knows things that are already working and then uses it for his brand so it could work even better. And he puts his own spin to it. So this is why I love these types of videos because it shows that you don't have to create something new all the time. You can actually use other people's content, i.e. this podcast, but you can use other people's content and put your own perspective and spin and swag on it. And it still can work to your benefit. I mean, 10 million followers just by finding these random recipes and food things and doing it himself. I don't know. I think there's something there. And this Yeah, that's something. crazy. Have it's you crazy. ever have you yeah. ever seen his videos? I haven't. I haven't. But I, I like the mixture of uh of comedy into it though. It's like a good sense of humor into something that's relatively, you know, usually uh I don't want to say uptight, but more professional, right? It's like the cooking thing is usually a little bit more serious. So that's cool. Listen, shout out to Corey. Go follow him on Instagram and TikTok and that whole nine. But it's time for the blueprint, okay? And um, this this one was inspired by uh, La Russell. Y'all know I'm 
uh, a huge fan of Lil Russell and how he's been doing his brand and, and building his community. Uh, but there was a question on a recent interview with Brandman, shout out to him, about rebranding. So let me set it up real quick to... LaRussell has this, another page based off how he was first branding himself. And the interviewer asked, hey, yo, why do you still have the the old page up? Like, you've been popping, you now, now we see two pages. What's, what's the point? Why didn't you archive that? And this is his uh, answer to that. Me, it's not a rebrand, it's evolution. Right. And when you evolve, you don't always get rid of what was there. Evolution sometimes just improves what was there. Right. You start off with an iron that's just steel. Then you add a cable to it and you add a steam button. But you don't get rid of the iron. You know, you just keep improving it. So um, to me, it wasn't a rebrand. I wasn't becoming something new. I was just evolving as a person. So when is it when do you need to rebrand or are you just evolving? So I wanted to bring this this conversation to the podcast because I think we get very confused of what is a rebrand, right? And most I know you've made some changes with your brand from what people used to know about you to what we know now. And I actually wanted your take on this branding or this rebrand or are you evolving? Because a lot of people think, one, I got to archive or delete all the old stuff. This got to be brand new, right? Um, or some people are just like, I'm going to leave it up. That was part of me. Uh, I'm not going to erase that part. But what I'm turning into now does still need to be highlighted on the same page. Um, what's your, what's your thoughts about this particular topic? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I definitely, I don't want to say it's, it's a, it's regret because it, by any stretch of the imagination, it's not really regret, but it's probably something I would have done differently if I had the opportunity to go back and I would take my time a little bit in trying to understand the industry, the niche market or the space that was in rather than just simply going after something because I'm overly passionate about it. Now, I never want to mute someone's passion, but the way I've been thinking about passion lately is that passion is an emotion, right? Like the, the passion is, is uh, almost like an emotional high or uh, an emotional energy that you have towards something that you really appreciate, admire, or are into. And so it makes you go before you're ready at times, right? And so with my brand, I think when I first started and I came online, I was looking for a space to get in. And I don't know that it was this was a calculated move. It just so happened. It was one of those things that you're like, I'm going to press post because I just, I know I need to do it. And at the end of the day, who cares? Like people don't care anyway. And then that one caught on. You're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> this, this, and so it makes you, it puts you in a position to say, well, there's an opportunity here. I'm passionate about this message. I'm passionate about what's going on here. So maybe I should continue to push this boat and, and do something with it. 
And so there wasn't that strategic planning. Let's whiteboard this thing out. Let's think about how this lines up with all of these different things. There was none of that. It was just, oh, it caught on. Okay, let's just push all the energy here. Right. Yeah. And then, and then almost two years later, you see that, okay, no, this is not going to work. And you're actually not a fan of the political sphere. So you probably should reboot and get out of here. So I had to find my footing again, honestly, after those two years to start putting a new message out and finding what message makes sense and, and, and get into a place that I was comfortable. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure you remember it. I, I didn't do a good job of it because I tried. I failed miserably. <laughs> uh, COVID I know came you remember. And I, I, took I, I sucked at it. Yeah. I just, you, you remembered that It was part. bad. Sheesh. It was well, bad. So, so real so, quick, real quick for the... For the new listeners, can you give them a real quick backstory of the bol- political part you're talking about? Because I know if they just listen for the first time, they're like, huh, what What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I, uh, I at a time, was undocumented. That's cool. I can actually say come that. On, at a time I come was. on, come on. You know, that's, at a that's time. pretty dope. I, uh, once upon a time, right, you know, right. not long ago, I was... I, no, I, I overstayed my visa as someone in this country, and then I fell into this undocumented bucket. So I was a part of that group, uh, a community in which they called the Dreamers, and I was there for man almost 20 years or so. And so uh, there was a, I think it was 2017 when there were there was a threat to have the DACA program, which is the program that I was under that it gave me rights to work in the country, get my education, have a driver's license. There was a threat to have that program. uh, It was going to get taken away. And I would then be on the verge of deportation, right? So I had just shared because the whole narrative and the idea behind it was, this is what mainstream media is saying about this group of people. A lot of my friends may have not known this at the time, but I was a part of that group of people and I was the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Right. They were saying that these people maybe are taking resources from the government or they're taking things from uh, the uh, rights that American citizens, you know, and again, not to get so political. And you can see why I, I wanted to bounce out of that. But I was just like, man, that's actually not true. Like, here's my story. I, yeah. I didn't take any resources. I didn't have financial aid. I still found a way to graduate college. I still found a way to start a business, et cetera, et cetera. And I just shared that post. And believe it or not, that post got picked up by CNN and all these different news outlets. And it went, quote unquote, viral. And so that was that opportunity for me to say, well, just 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 go with it. Like, like, just go ahead and and uh, and push this message forward. But, yeah, after two years, I was like, yeah, no, it's this it's not me. I got to bounce out. Did you delete the post Did or is this it's still there? I think it's still there. Okay. I think it's still there. I archived a lot of the stuff that came after it mm. because the messaging was forced. Okay. And so, and, and like, here's the thing that I think a, a lot of our listeners really need to take away from it. And, and the reason why I'm saying be cautious around the passion a little bit, because when you're passionate about something, you can, you can run with it before, before it's fully baked or before it's ready. And so with my skill set, the way I was trying to really push forth or display this passion or this message or this mission that I was trying to stand behind 
it was through the vehicle of speaking. And so you might say, all right, well, you must have been a phenomenal speaker if you chose the vehicle of speaking at the time that you wanted to push this mission for it. And quite honestly, the real answer to that is no. The polar opposite, actually. I was an introverted kid. I was not really good at public speaking. I did not enjoy being on camera. Like it was every, so I had all these odds stacked up against me. Now I'm not telling you if you're in a similar situation right now, not to pursue your passion because it's gonna call for you to create content and be on camera and all those things. I'm just suggesting that maybe you want to spend or invest some time getting good at those things. So I would say I'm a much better communicator today, but it's because I invested time into training and developing my skill set. Again, 140 episodes into this podcast, yes. you start to get a little bit more comfortable looking at the weird angles of your face on camera and, and being okay with it. It's like, all right, cool. It's just me. It is what it is, you know? And so that's the one thing that I, that's why I say I would do it over in a sense. I wouldn't have just jumped into it right away. I would have at least tried to hone a craft or develop the skill set that's needed to help push the mission or that value, uh, you know, that value forward. Okay, because when I think of when I think of rebranding, it's more of more than just let's make this pretty, right? And and a lot of people tend to think that okay, I gotta get a new logo, website, that whole, some new content that makes me look better, cool. Uh, but when we're looking at a rebrand, I'm looking at it more of a whole new audience a whole new message, a whole new, you know, values and sometimes beliefs, right? And so that's why I, I wanted to talk to you about it because it's like, it was a whole new message, right? It mm -hmm. wasn't just, okay, I was undocumented and now I'm not. And so that there's, there's an, you know, we're evolving. And so it's there so you can see that, but it's more of, nah, I, this was me, absolutely, but what it transformed to is not what I, who I really am or what I really wanted yeah. to be a part of. So let me show you the real me. And I think with your brand and kind of giving you, you your flowers where it is, here are the elements of my brand and this is what you're going to expect out of me. So... After your, you know, after the, the, that whole CNN situation, then uh, the, the hiatus of you just trying to figure out, okay, where do I go next? Right. Mm -hmm. And there's no, and for people, when, if you catch on to the hiatus, there's no right or wrong to how long it takes for you to come back for your, with your brand. Because if you don't feel right with it, it doesn't even matter. And he came back a few times and was like, uh -uh, no, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Never mind. Right. But when when Moose came back was, yo, I talk about this, this and my faith is important. And this is what you're going to get. And he's been very mm -hmm. consistent with those with that message to the audience that he is targeting. So before we go and sit and say, yo, I need a rebrand, like I just need to rebrand everything. Do you know what that really means? Because a rebrand actually isn't as easy 
as we think because mm -hmm. the brand part in itself is what do people think about you what is burnt in their head about you right so if moose really like dominated the 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 daca situation in, in the dream for years it could have probably and may have like followed him and be like oh you're that guy that did this mm -hmm. and you're like no i'm a superhero now right like just example right if he wanted to rebrand yeah. to a superhero right it, it takes a lot to get what people knew of you and had embedded in their brain it takes a lot to get that that image that messaging out of them they're always going to associate you with that unless you are consistent with this rebrand this rebrand is not going to happen in a day or two or whatever right now what i loved about what la russell said was making it very clear yo i've grown so the content looks better the messaging mm -hmm. is stronger right the the distribution is wider but who i am and who i'm serving is the same i just i just grew up right yeah. and you have to really look at what are you trying to do with the brand as far as like, yo, am I just evolving? And is, is my logo just looking f like fire? Is the content just getting way better now? I'm getting from my phone to the, to a camera. Am I in a studio? Like it, am I omni-channel now? Like, am I being on Instagram, Facebook, all that whole night? Am I selling products and services now? Like, I don't necessarily have to hide what I was or wasn't doing before just because mm -hmm. of how the brand is leveling up now. So I, I wanted to bring this topic up because the rebrand conversation is always a huge confusion for people that are, um, are coming up or when you think you have a brand that hasn't done anything and then you're sitting here saying we need a rebrand. No, you just need a brand. Mm. You just you just need a brand. We don't know you. Like mm -hmm. it's not a rebrand, it's a now truly focused branding strategy. People did not know you, didn't see you, didn't really get it. So now let's make the brand message stronger. Let's make the who we're speaking to clearer. Let's make our visual clearer. But I think we we step into, oh, I need a rebrand to like, I need a rebrand. I need a rebrand. OK, you 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 just need to up your content, up your visuals, up your messaging, mm -hmm. up your distribution. I don't know if you need a rebrand. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point because you're right. And, and I will just say to, to really hit on the point that you made around people will still associate you like that idea of, oh, the undocumented thing like that lingered for a while during the hiatus because they had nothing else to see right. to give them a new image. So for a minute, even way after people were still saying, oh, yeah, I love what you're 
I'm like, damn, that was a long time ago. But you couldn't do nothing. Like, I couldn't say nothing because you're right. I, said, I, I didn't show you anything else. Right. And so you're absolutely right. Giving them something new to see and consistently pressing on those same things just differently. You know, like just recently, I got a little bored with the concept. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm starting to get bored again. And then I just said, okay, let me just repurpose some stuff. Like all, most of what I did last week was repurposed with the exception of me going to Florida. So it was a nice way to reboot, but it just, it was a, it was really good for me to re, to emphasize to myself in a sense. And, and again, I really hope this resonates with people because I'm not deep in the content game in, in a way, say a Nikki is where it's like, oh, I, like, I love when I talk to Nikki cause I'm like, oh, do you ever get bored? She's like, nope, I know what works and I know how to experiment. If things start to get a little jiggy, I'm going to come with an AI tool. Boom. See you later. I'm back. Instagram update. See you later. And it's like, wow, you really know. Right. And so for me, I know what works offline. I'm really good at knowing what message, what idea, what concept to share offline in a room of people. It's going to connect. It's going to hit every time. But online, you still got to find that place. And so for some of you listening and or watching, you might start to get bored and just know it's super common to get bored on your journey of building or creating content for your brand or for your business. But to Nikki's point, that doesn't mean that it's time for a reboot. It means that maybe you just need to like, dig a little deeper and, and emphasize greater the things that you do represent and stand for. I think low-key you're a creator. I, I know you want to play hmm. like the business person hey. all the time, but you okay. get bored a lot. Hey, hey. You get bored a lot, okay? I'm just letting you know. Creatives get bored. I just really that's yes. That's a creative thing. Yes. We did it. Now we're on to the next one. I don't want to make it a routine of creating the same thing over and over and over again. That's a season. Mm -hmm. Now let me go create. We're creators. We we create new things. You're, yeah. You're low that's key. real. You're, I think you're low key. Or are you? You've converted to it. Either one, either one. I'm I mean, I hang it. out with you a lot, so I, I could, I could see it. Hey. He's saying, people, just come to the dark side. But, but we need, <laughs> we need Moose's business side, and th and this is where we'll, we'll transition to that because talking about rebranding and and the importance of branding. Now the conversation of people wanting to be full time content creators. And creative entrepreneurs have been coming up more and more and more. I think now when you ask kids, yo, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yo, I want to be a content creator. You know, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be these things. Now, of course, the branding side is one of the skills of being that. But what are the other skills that is needed to become a full-time content creator slash creative entrepreneur? And I was watching a live stream from Roberto Blake and somebody had made a comment saying that, yo, to do pranks or certain videos, it doesn't take much talent or skills. And when I say this man politely went off, I don't know if politely, but he didn't curse really. Um, this is what he said about some of the skills that you need to be a full-time creator and I want us to come back and talk about it in the full scope of you know as we talked about it last week 
from a entrepreneurship type vibe, what is the skills that you're going to need on both sides to really go full time? So this is what Roberto said. In terms of playing hide and seek and pranking people, there still has to be video editing, recording, gimbal operating work, um, understanding of lighting, understanding of video editing, understanding of storytelling, crafting a thumbnail, that's graphic design and Photoshop. People get paid a living for that. You still have to do some scripted version and variant of these things. You still have to do logistics. You still have to do planning. If you think it's easy, why are you not making $100,000 a year doing it? If it requires no skill, think about it like this. And this is my message to anybody who thinks YouTube content creation and social media is easy. If you are not making $100,000 a year doing what you're doing, and you think content creation, live streaming, pranks, video games, reaction, talking head, if you think it's so easy and you're not making $100,000 a, a year, you are a jack for not quitting your job tomorrow, going all in in content creation and making $100,000 a year if it's so damn easy. Now, <laughs> you 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 could tell he's mad, and hopefully, uh, Eddie plays some I don't know aggressive instrumentals with that. But um, mm -hmm. Moose, he he said a lot. He said a lot from the creative side. But I would ask you three four skills, three four skills that um, people need to consider to like mastering or at, at least acquiring when it comes to mm -hmm. going full-time as a content creator slash creative entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and, and uh, the three I'll give here really take a little bit of each bucket, right? Some creative, some business, or some, uh, you know, a little bit of both, if you will. So I would say the first one, and this is probably more of a business side, but it does require, uh, again, a creative element to it how to say is product development, mm. right? And you can think of product development or service-based, however which way, you still have to put together some form of sequence for customers and clients to be able to interact with your business, especially if you aim to turn this into something full-time, right? Even if it's part-time, nothing is a business if there's no transactions. And so most people are going to transact with a product that they can buy, something that they can use, a, surface, a service that is convenient to them. So we might think that's easy because we see so-and-so has this course out or this training or this class or this merch. You don't know that until you step in for yourself and say, all right, how is this in alignment with my brand, with my content, with my messaging, with the end goal that I'm trying to achieve for my community or my audience? So product development is not talked about a lot but it's a very important skill set because that's one of the main things that's going to keep a brand or a business around for a long time, right? It's, it's really having good products. The second thing is, I got to say, it's the storytelling, branding, marketing, right? To now be able to take the thing that you know it's good for this. It's, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a really great bottle opener. It's a great water bottle, whatever it is, right? How can you now capture people's attention? Because for the most part, whatever product or service you come up with, and again, for the most part, there's something else out there that is similar to it. Why is it that the seven or eight billion people on the planet or however many customers you need to thrive, why should they pay attention to you? And this is where you're gonna realize the importance of storytelling, marketing, 
branding, all right? Really having a skill set for being able to capture the essence of what your product is and uh, almost put a message out, not almost, but literally put a message out into the world that can capture people's attention so that they can eventually transact with that uh, product. But lastly, for any of that to happen, you have to know how to sell. Now, this right here, I know is the most uncomfortable piece for a lot of people, if not mostly all people. The selling piece is very uncomfortable. And I think it's because a lot of times our minds go to, oh no, sales reminds me of the annoying people who call my phone unwanted or uninvited, and they try to push me to buy something and I don't wanna buy from them. I end up just hanging up on them, whatever the case may be. And it's like, that's not the only way to sell, but sales is definitely a necessary skill if you're going to run a successful brand or business online. I, I agree with that. And I think I'll, I'll add uh, one main one is communication, right? Um, I know Moose spoke about the storytelling, but I think understanding how to speak to your audience, understanding that there are certain trigger words, there are certain tones, uh, whether you are from a, uh, a written standpoint or a, a verbal and video standpoint, the communication to your audience is important. And I'm not talking about just from a voice wise of whether you're sounding super energetic or monotone or anything like that. But I mean, yeah, do you know how to raise their spirits up based off certain things that you're saying? You know, how to, how to calm it down, how to make them feel safe how to convert. This is all through uh, communication. And so that's that's one of the things. You stole one of mine, which is branding, but that's cool. I'm, I'm with that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm with that. Um, but on, on top of that, I would, one of the things I also say from a skills standpoint is leadership. Full-time creators and creative entrepreneurs are going to turn leaders by default. You're going to have to delegate, whether it's to a contractor on Upwork and Fiverr and those types of things, or your own personal team assistant, you're going to have to learn some type of leadership. Also, from a standpoint of you are leading your audience to a certain direction. So leadership is a very important skill to really uh, pay attention to, read upon, try to master that, right? And it's an ongoing thing, especially uh, if you come from just a creative world of like, it's just me and my creation. It's me and my video. It's me and my art. It's me and my words. And, and whatever your gift may be from a creative standpoint, um, it's now going to be bigger than you. And so leadership is going to be very, very crucial. And then... Um, a, a skill that doesn't get talked about too much is the, the skill of fun. Still have fun. Okay. Uh, just because we're now turning this more into a full-time situation. And normally we think about it like, okay, once money's involved, once we put people in place, like it's now a job, Right there still has to be a level of fun and passion that you have for for even when before you thought about turning into a full time, you just loved doing what you were doing. You thought it was a great idea. 
you thought you could do this full time. So that same kind of energy, like people say, keep the same energy. It should, that should not go away. Now, yes, we can get consumed with the, how do we stay consistent? How do we create the work ethic? How do we stay uh, top of our game? And so the fun side starts to kind of like leave a little bit, but it's going to be your job. One of the skills that you got to have to keep it fun, because once you keep it fun, those times that it dips, those times that it becomes really bad, you're okay with that for the most part, because it does not feel like a job. So those are, those are my three on, uh, some of the skills. I love like, that. I feel like we switched uh, we switched we roles on this. Definitely one. did. Yeah. Definitely. Did. I was like, I would not <laughs> going to say no teamwork, but For hey, right. we make. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, if you are thinking about, or if you are a full time content creator, creative entrepreneur, uh, these are some of the skills that you should be writing down and kind of seeing, yo, what level from a one to ten am I in? And how can I better improve that? So I will say that. And that is it for the blueprint. But uh, I got a really good, really, really good this or that, which totally disregards the blueprint section. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, before anything, of course, uh, let's, let's get the sponsor of this or that. Uh, ready, which is the flight assessment. And you can find the flight assessment on flightassessment.com. And you could discover your personal superpower and learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator, strengthen all your relationships, and develop the self-awareness you need to fulfill your highest potential on flightassessment.com. Get it. It's a game changer. You hear us talk about it every week. However, I was watching, shout out to uh, Mandy and shout out to David Shands. Uh, I was watching their recent interview and because I love Mandy. Uh, she's such a great human being and hilarious. But she brought up something about you can't necessarily teach success, right? And then, of course, in that same LaRussell interview, he mentioned something to the point where you can't really duplicate the mind of a brand. So my question, and I'll let you guys hear it and so you can understand where this is coming from. Like, ever since COVID, definitely not, it didn't start in COVID, but it definitely enhanced in, in COVID and the pandemic situation where we're seeing, yo, here's the blueprint to this. Buy this course because this is going to give you the blueprint and create all this success. This, if you follow this, you're going to go to the next level. And my question is, is the blueprint statement theory, however you want to go with the quote unquote blueprint, is it fake? Are we just saying it's the blueprint, right? But we really can't teach the blueprint of certain people's success because we're not those people. Just 
watch where this is coming from because it's it, it blew my mind. Like I really started thinking like, yo, this is this may be true. So hold on. I necessarily won't come out and create a I can maybe create a master course telling you how to start a podcast. I'll never go and 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 sell a course where I can tell people how to be as, as successful as me. Your content isn't the same. You sat here and said you can't even watch because it would affect your relationship or how you view things. I have people who literally are like, you saved my life. You saved my marriage. You saved like my relationship. You helped me open up and, and be more comfortable with the things I really want to do. And I can't teach somebody how to be me. It, what this is, is really a result of a just doing it every single day is not much more complex than that. You know, beyond the work, of course, there's a mind behind it, but that can't be replicated. So it's nothing that you could really give a tip on because no one can think like you. But in terms of the blueprint, it's the, it's the work. A lot of people who don't make it today is just because they don't want to do the work. So he, here's my thing, right? Because... Um, and I, shout out to B. Simone. I was watching the uh, Neo and B. Simone interview too, right? And they were talking about like, you know, how do you, you know, how did you become this successful? And he's like, when you start thinking about it, and I know I get frustrated with hearing about work hard, consistent, this, that, and the third, right? These typical cliche things. But is that the only thing you really can tell people? Because the real sauce of their success, they can't necessarily teach. So there is an element of like how La Russell said, where it is, you know, work ethic and work hard. And some people don't want to even do that. And so, you know, without the key foundation of this particular blueprint, you're not going to get anywhere. But as you continue to do those foundations of consistency and work hard and everything, you're going to find your own style, your own way of getting to the next level because there still needs that extra push. So I'm listening to these interviews and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of people who are frauds now. Because they're selling mm -hmm. a dream. They're selling the work hard. They're selling the be consistent. They're selling the, you know, do this exactly and you will become like me. And then I haven't really heard results that match what the person has really done. Has there been some level of success? Yes. Mm. Right? But are we are we defining these uh, these blueprints of that? If you follow this, at least you'll be able to do something. Because I think the messaging of here's the blueprint to be successful to do this is is a fraud. Like I went into my community was like, these are going to be the tools to help you. Right. But there still needs to be a level of you to do it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I definitely yeah. want your your take on it, because I was I was like, damn, Andy, you're so you're so right. Like you can't. And, and it, it was so funny because it was like. 
Dave was like, yo, so teach me. I can't. You're not me. So mm. what, are, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying to your people. But for me, I can't teach you how to help other people uh, fix their marriages. I can't teach you how to impact certain people's lives that they're now crying. That's something you can't teach. That's real. That's real. You know what? I think off the off the bat, I gotta talk about just the importance of messaging, right? Mm-hmm. When with what, what what we're talking about here, this really is. I don't think it's a personal issue. Like I don't think anyone is online intentionally attempting to be a fraud. Right? Do they exist? Absolutely. Do people mm-hmm. intend to do it? I think some people end up in messy situations just because they haven't mastered marketing and messaging and how a simple choice of words can put you in the green or completely in the red and way out of pocket where you're hated by people and you have no idea why because your messaging needs to be on par with the thing that you're delivering on i have to attest to what you said too about you literally tell your community and i know this because a lot of times when i sat in on your trainings one of the core concepts or one of the points in the equation is you so, and, and, and for those of you who've been listening to the podcast or uh, even some of the lives, you know that there's a, a three or four step process. And one of those steps is you. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I got to say, even with me, I always say everything is going to be based on context. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I share is obsolete. I mean, it's not going to override everything because there's a lot of things that depend on the context of the situation. There's anyway, I don't want to make it about me right now, but I will say this. Uh, the, the other thing that came to mind is supply and demand, Yeah, you know, and that's a universal law. You can't I, I, like if we were to put out something to say, we're going to teach you how to get, uh, I don't know, 100,000 downloads on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And this is this is available to everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point, based on supply and demand, and I don't know what the how what how many podcasts the average person listens to. But at some point, that number like you can't actually fulfill that promise. Because there's going to no longer be enough people on the planet to give every single person their 100,000 downloads. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a a fundamental universal law that we know within the world and more specifically within the business world that as more people become available to fulfill one specific thing, the need for it or the demand for it is going to decrease. So I got to say that, and I'm, I know I'm approaching it from a slightly different angle because I'm, I'm just thinking of the overall possibility of it. But the personal touch, I got to say, it's, uh, it's the messaging. I agree. I just, it just hearing these things almost like, and it, it, it's one of the main reasons why I had struggled of creating like courses, right? And I still don't. I'm still not big on course. Like, I'm like, here's the program. Here's the experience. And here are the certain things that are in this toolbox that will help you, right? Um, it, it to, to sit here and have and give people the expectation of if you follow this right here, word by word, line by line, you are going to be successful. You will get the 10,000 followers, the 20,000, the 100,000. And it's like, I can't guarantee that. I can't guarantee that because 
your content, like how Mandy said, your content is different. Your wording is different. Your the way you are about is different. Just like how she said, everything she said was true. To like, there is a, there is a foundation. There is a best practices, but these are best practices based off a, a, a summary of like average, you know, people. You could be something super extraordinary. You could surpass that. Or you can just, it may just take extra time. Like, why are we not putting timing into this? Like, True. just because you follow these particular steps in, the, in your timing, it may not be your time, your true time to be as successful as the, the course, the program, the coaching has said to be. That's why, like, for me, it's like, it's, it's hard to, to go with that messaging, which is a marketing kind of vibe. And, and I get it. I'm, I'm not mad at people like, yo, I've done this. I've done seven figures, eight figures, and, and I'm going to show you how. Okay. Shout out to you. But some people will back it and say, so you can reach the same results. And I think that's a lie. I think that's a lot, but that's just, that's it's just strange. me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, there's a, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I think, I think definitely you, you, you hit it on the head when you talked about it gets, it becomes a slippery slope when people start making promises to produce similar outcomes. You know, you can use that as a credibility statement and say, hey, I earned seven figures. And as a result, I am now qualified to speak on the ingredients of a seven figure business. Absolutely. By all means, no one can question you. Mm -hmm. But the minute you say, I'm now going to show you how to turn your business into a seven figure. Slippery slope by child. Right. right? right. Because now, now it becomes more of a different promise. And so it's funny because when I spent time on Wall Street, there was always this beef between the salespeople and the customer support team, what they call customer success really over there. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because the salespeople would say whatever they needed to say to get the sale. But guess who had to carry the burden of telling the customer that, uh, no, we don't do that. And I apologize for what Bill on the sales floor said, because that's not mm. a part of our product. Mm. <laughs> customer success who has to fulfill it is like, yo, Bill was tripping. Like Sam was just trying to get a sale. And right. so Sam said whatever he or she had to say just to get the sale, but customer success is responsible for, fulfill, for fulfilling that promise. And so I, I, I'm, I literally started, and I think that was, that's still probably one of the main reasons <coughs> why I don't really take part in any major programs is because of that. I, I don't want to ever give anyone the idea or have them to like wrongfully misunderstand that this is how it is for everybody. It's like, right. yeah, there's so many unique ingredients that go into it. Do I believe everyone can be successful? Absolutely, without a doubt, without stretching the imagination. I totally believe it. There's a lot of evidence in the world and even in my own experience that says so. But the unique ingredients that goes into it there's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of pieces. Facts. Listen, people, let us know 
uh, what you think? Is blueprints uh, fake, fraud, or no, they're, they're legit blueprints, blah, 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 whatever your debate is. I'm here for it. Um, shout out to Mandy. Shout out to LaRussell, uh, Corey B, all that whole, all, all stuff. But anyways, uh, you already know the vibes. After show, right after this, on Wednesdays, it drops. Uh, go check that out. Apple Podcasts only. Okay, Apple Podcasts only. Uh, Creator Ave, Fridays, go check that out. Also, we do a YouTube live on Tuesdays. Go check that out, okay? Big Hopefully, you're, subs you're subscribed to our YouTube. We've just reached 15K, I believe, on YouTube. Subscribers. Yeah, 15K. So, uh, we appreciate all our YouTube subscribers really do. Moose, final words. Yeah, quick word to all the people who always want to play it safe. You know, I want to give you this thought to think about this week because the minute you start to evaluate how risky it is to play it safe, you really start to think about what's the best way for it. And oftentimes that's betting on yourself.